ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speak Life. I am your host. My name is Marty Layton, and I'm ordained uh, for the last uh, almost 40 years as a prophet, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. One of the things that we say uh, here is uh, in this place is you'll hear tomorrow's news today, and that's speaking of the prophetic. And we say that because so many things that God has spoken through through me and and uh, uh, what the Lord has shown me, we see showing up in the headlines, and uh, that's not only the intent. Uh, that's not the only intent uh, of the prophet's ministry. But God does let us have prophetic clues into the future, so that we can pray in agreement with His will. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, uh, Joseph. You can read about Joseph in uh, the book of Genesis, chapters forty through forty-five. <clears throat> he was in prison. You know the story. He, he was uh, his father's favored child and uh, had the coat of many colors. And he was thrown into a pit uh, by his brothers and sold into slavery and uh, told his dad that he was dead <clears throat> and um, and then became a slave and then was uh, wrongly accused of uh, accosting uh, the the slave owner's wife, and uh, and then thrown into prison. <clears throat> and as he was in prison, uh, he just kind of rose to the top, and he ran the prison actually from inside the prison. And uh, and so when he was in prison, uh, he interpreted the dream of two men uh, that were thrown in jail with him, and one was the butler. Uh, to the king, and one was the baker for the king. And uh, so it was very important that uh, uh, he got these dreams right because these were the top guys in the king's court. And uh, the butler, of course, would drink the cup uh, of the king so that he would be able to tell if someone had poisoned him or not. And the baker would uh, actually bake the food for the king. And so uh, <clears throat> the butler was restored to his position just as Joseph prophesied, and the baker was actually hanged and killed just as Joseph had prophesied in the interpretation of these two dreams. <clears throat> and then a couple years later, the butler is now in the palace of the king, and that's uh, chapter 41, I believe. And uh, the, so the the king was tormented uh, by two dreams uh, that he had, and then he had forgotten the two dreams, and um, and he seeks answers uh, from his uh, court of um, magicians and uh, occultists, and, uh, and the unique thing was he said, I don't remember the dreams, so you have to tell me what I dreamt and then tell me what those dreams mean. If you don't tell me, you're going to be killed, and so... <clears throat> The butler says uh, the occultists and the magicians, they couldn't help him whatsoever. And so the the butler says, I know a man who can do this. And this is two years later after he forgot about Joseph in the prison. Joseph tells it, is called to the king. He cleans himself up, uh, makes himself look uh, like a man of great importance. You know, that's kind of where we get the the idea of dress for the job you want, not the job that you have, right? 
And so Joseph dresses himself up to the hilt, cleans himself up, he gets in front of the king, and he says, this is what my dilemma is. And he says, I'll pray, and I'll come back. And so he he prays, and he comes back, and he tells him the two dreams. God gives him the two dreams, and he tells him the interpretation. So he goes to the king. He tells him what the two dreams are, and then he tells him the interpretations of those two dreams. And the, in the two dreams, uh, <clears throat> he says, the two dreams are one statement from the Lord to you, king. You're going to have seven years of plenty, and then you're going to have seven years of famine. And because of this uh, prophet's ministry, he immediately is elevated to the highest position of of authority in the known world that very day. So in other words, he woke up in prison, but he went to sleep in a palace. And the king had made him second in command to the greatest nation of the world in his day. And so he had such wisdom and understanding uh, that he 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 knew he knew God showed him these things, so that they could prepare, uh, so that they could pray, and not just accept this as the only outcome, but that they would pray and they would do uh, wise things in order to prepare for the day that was coming. But to hear these things. Uh, uh, he didn't just accept them as that. He he heard them and then released a turnaround uh, with the help of the Lord. And a part of the prophet's ministry is to understand prophetic potential. Now, remember I'm saying part of the prophet's ministry is to understand prophetic potential and then actively pray and seek the wisdom of the Lord and apply that wisdom to your circumstances. And so receive his grace to help bring about the changes by his spirit of grace, right? So that's exactly what Joseph did. The seven skinny cows did not devour the seven fat cows. Uh, That was one of the dreams. Uh, Because of the prophet's word, it all turned around. And so Joseph was able to deliver them all from destruction by the wisdom of God, and by the word of the Lord. And so the prophet's ministry is not just to give personal prophetic words or whatever, uh, but to declare the potential of the coming future. Potential. Because God loves to partner with his people and to co-labor with his sons and daughters. That's what the Bible says, especially in the New Testament. God wants to co-labor with us. And so... Uh, some as prophetic watchmen on the wall will see something approaching and sound the alarm. Uh, but when God reveals something that's not good, uh, what he's saying is this is what the enemy is planning. This is the way it's going. Uh, but there's potential for reversal. Uh, so remember that potential for rever- reversal. If you look at Jonah, <clears throat> he got a word for Nineveh. Uh, that within 40 days, they were all going to be destroyed by the fire of God. Uh, In 40 days, you're all crispy critters. But what happened? A reversal happened. The word of the Lord activated something. And so what I see is there's a lot of prophetic people right now. Uh, And I say it like that. I wouldn't call them all prophets. I wouldn't call them all uh, walking in the office of a prophet, but they they are uh, maybe operating in a spirit of prophecy or a gift of prophecy, potentially. 
<coughs> or maybe just a believer who heard something from God. <clears throat> and there are a lot of prophetic people right now who are declaring doom and gloom over our nation, America the beautiful, and over the nations of the earth. And, and in my opinion, they're prophesying their own worldview, and it is only a part of the word of the Lord for the hour, right? Remember 1 Corinthians 13, 9, it says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, right? And so it's not to stir up fear of the future, but to stir up faith to draw closer to the Lord and to bring divine alignment to his perfect will, to, to hear for his wisdom, listen for his wisdom, and how God wants to apply that and pray, right? So don't be alarmed or receive the negative reports of the 10 spies. Uh, uh, listen to the Joshuas and the Calebs that are out there that are offering you hope, for the future. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future, right? And hope comes from co-laboring with the Lord and uh, co-laboring, I believe, right now with the Lord of the harvest. Amen. God always has hope for his people. And so those that are prophesying doom and gloom, they're not properly representing Jesus, the prophet. There's always hope for the covenant child of God. Let me say that again. There's always hope for the covenant child of God. That's why David, at 12 years old, could march onto a battlefield, look at the giant, and boldly say, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? I'm going to defeat you today, and I will prevail because my God fights for me. That's what he was saying, essentially, as a covenant son or daughter of God, my God fights for me. And that is what we've got to keep in the forefront of our hearts and our minds is our blood covenant with Almighty God. Amen. We're going to receive uh, communion tonight. And uh, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and get my communion elements together. And I encourage you to do the same. Uh, But I want to receive communion tonight uh, with you before we go into the prophetic workshop and continue the teaching that I began last week. And uh, <clears throat> if you don't mind gathering your elements or just something similar, you know, if, if you don't have uh, grape juice and uh, bread, uh, then maybe just get a, a cracker uh, and a cup of water or something like that. But I felt it was important for us to receive communion tonight. Uh, and and I I thought it was uh, important as I was praying today and seeking the Lord. Uh, You know, communion is all about remembering. Communion is all about remembering, especially in these times. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Sometimes we don't hear that emphasis correctly. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And it's like the Lord knew that once the people of God entered into their promised land, uh, once their enemies were defeated and removed, and the pressure was off, that they would forget him. And he would say, when you come into the land and you're enjoying the promise, just as I said you would, promises of prosperity and health and protection and peace, will you please remember me? Remember that you didn't do this on your own. Remember me. 
And, you know, Jesus said this to his disciples. I want you to do this and remember what I've done for you. I do this often, coming to the table of the Lord and remembering and not forgetting what he has done for us. Amen. And that's what we're doing here uh, today. Everything's about to change for you, and it's about to change for the good. Amen? Believe it. That's why there's, a, there's such intense warfare right now. Uh, the battle always precipitates the breakthrough. And so you may be in a great warfare right now, but I want you to know, like David, God is fighting for you. And one of the greatest things you can do in this moment is thank him for his mercies and thank him for his love. Amen. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever because he's fighting this battle for you and I. And he always wins and gives us the spoils of war. We are more than conquerors. He's the conqueror, but we are the ones that are more than conquerors. Amen. And when we come to the table of the Lord, we remember it is not by our might, it's not by our power, but it is by his spirit, his covenant spirit, says the Lord, right? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, let's, let's go ahead and, and get the, the bread and the cup prepared. If you're ready, uh, we're going to go ahead and receive communion right now. And, uh, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Apostle Paul <clears throat> says this, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so if you'll take the bread in hand, Father, as we partake together of this, we remember that your body was broken so that we could be healed. That's why Jesus broke the bread. And as we receive this bread, which represents your body, we receive the healing of our lives, the healing of our bodies, and everything that concerns us healed because of the sacrifice that Jesus, you made for us. Your body was broken that we would be made whole and that, and that we would receive that wholeness and that soundness in every area of our lives right now, even as we receive this bread representing your body. And we do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may receive the bread. Mm. Amen. Amen. And then Apostle Paul continues in the same manner. He also took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen, his blood is represented by this cup. and His blood is life, pure life. And his blood, the Bible says, cries out of better things than that of Abel. You know, just like Abel's brother shed his blood, Jesus, your brothers, put you on that cross and caused you to shed your blood. 
but you went willingly in order to seal this covenant of life, that we would receive life and that more abundantly. And through your blood, we receive that life today for every area of our lives. And we receive it now as we drink this cup in Jesus' name. Amen. You may drink the cup. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Now, Father, I pray for those that have been in a battle, in a warfare of the soul. <clears throat> and I can see the blood of Jesus washing over your soul right now, today. There's some that, someone that's listening right now. And you maybe you're listening to this in a podcast later. But the blood of Jesus is washing over your soul right now. And you've been wrestling with the Lord. But the Lord is healing you and cleansing you. Even of past mistakes you may have been guilty of, you may have chosen into those sins, and they're familiar, but the blood of Jesus is cleansing you right now. And not just cleansing you from sin, but the very memories of those sins. And washing you, washing over your soul, restoring your soul. The Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. He's making you to lie down in green pasture, washing over your soul with his blood right now, and restoring your soul beside the still, calm water of the Spirit of God. What I'm hearing right now for the people of God, and those watching, those that are listening, is Christmas. That's what I'm hearing, Christmas music, Christmas celebrations. And what I believe the Lord is saying is we're going to have a great Christmas. Amen? We're going to have a great Christmas. Heavenly bells of Christmas. That's what I'm hearing. There'll be a great celebration this Christmas. Hear the word of the prophet today. Jesus the prophet is speaking right now. This is going to be a great Christmas. And there'll be a great celebration this Christmas. And many of you are going to have a great Christmas Amen. If you're struggling right now, hear the word of the Lord. God is turning everything around right now. And you, especially you who have had to battle for the last several months just to keep your head above water, you're going to have a great Christmas. Hear the word of the Lord. Receive that word right now. It's a word of life. It's a word of hope. And his great grace is upon you. And you're going to see the blessing of the Lord overtake your life by Christmas. And I decree these things over you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and just as we would in any gathering that we might have together, I want you to come before the Lord right now with your offerings in the presence of the Lord. Amen. There's a time uh, in Scripture, every time they came before the Lord. They came uh, in a time when his presence was strong. Amen. And I believe we're going to see uh, the favor of the Lord break open now in November. In November. November is going to be a month of beautiful favor of the Lord for the people of God. If you've been watching and you've been listening to this broadcast or this podcast uh, I shared a word of God uh, that he spoke to me about September and October and November. 
<clears throat> in the S-O-N, September, October, November, S-O-N, the Son of God, the Son of Righteousness, would arise with healing in his wings, and there would be something explosive happening uh, in September, in the beginning of October, and uh, sudden explosive changes, and that did happen. And there were many breakthroughs that happened beginning on September 28th. And the Lord actually said that date too. And then in the beginning of October, October 3rd, I don't know if you remember, Kevin McCarthy was suddenly and explosively unseated as the Speaker of the House. And that also aligns with another prophetic word that many would fall in the fall. And he was one that represented many who suddenly fell out of power and fell out of control in the fall, right? And then three days later, there was that horrific attack uh, on Israel on, on October the 6th and, and how that is impacting the world around us even now. And then just a few days ago, suddenly and just as explosively, we've installed a new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who is a bold and courageous Christian man, and uh, he openly holds prayer meetings and openly holds Bible studies in the Senate and asking God for his guidance, and uh, and now it's November, and so we've gone through September and October, and now it is November, and I believe we're going to start to see everything start to level out just like God spoke. Still many explosive things are going to happen in the month of November, but we will see them from a completely different perspective now because God has shown us his dominance over all these situations. And God has spoken to me about November being a month of his favor. Just say that out loud. I am God's favorite. Amen. You're going to see the favor of God uh, open up to you in this month of November. And his favor means things may still explosively change and suddenly shift, but it will turn in favor of his people. And many of you have had some drast some things drastically change in your life recently. <clears throat> but God has you in, listen to me, God has you in a setup. This is not for your breaking, but it's for your making. He has you in a setup for a greater blessing to flow in, in your life and to flow in you personally. Watch. Watch this happen. November will be a month of great favor. And in December, everything is going to be established in a greater way. And these are some of the things that God has shown me. Some other things I can't say, but I, but I will once we get closer uh, to some of these things happening that God showed me. Uh, but you watch the favor of the Lord in November. Amen? Let me say this also. Thanksgiving will be a time of great favor and of great blessing on the family of God. Thanksgiving. You're going to give thanks on a whole different level. God is elevating his people, and he's dealing with financial struggles in November. God is dealing with financial struggles in November. Many of you have heard me already prophesy this, that God is going to deal with debt. And he's going to deal with your financial struggles now in the month of November. 
Amen. And so we're going to receive our offering right now. God wants his people debt free. And sometimes it takes a little squeeze to get us to pray a little more intensely, a little more fervently for financial breakthroughs to occur. Amen. Sometimes we have to, we feel a little bit more pressure and that makes us pray a little bit more fervently and a little bit more fiery. Amen. A little more, uh, a little more intensity to our prayers. You know, Abraham had to set out into the unknown in obedience to the Lord. Many people uh, just read through those verses and don't understand that it took him nine years to obey God. He went through difficulty until finally he decided, I'm going to obey God. And God said, I want you to follow me, and I want you to come out from among uh, those that, that were in uh, Ur of the Chaldees, and, uh, and they were worshiping a false god and all these things were going on, but it took him nine years to obey God. And uh, he had to set out into the unknown in obedience to the word of the Lord. And once he did that, then his promise of supernatural blessing began to overtake Abraham. And then he became very prosperous. And then he passed that blessing on to Isaac, right? His, his son. And Isaac had to be cast out of Egypt. God said, don't go into Egypt. He went into Egypt anyways in disobedience. You know, sometimes we God tells us not to do certain things, <clears throat> and we end up doing it anyways. And uh, But God waited patiently on, on Isaac. He went through a process there. And, uh, in, and you can read that in Genesis 26. Isaac, had to, God dealt with a generational curse uh, with Isaac. Uh, and then he was cast out of Egypt uh, into the unknown wilderness. And all this happened during a great drought and a great famine, which was greater than the drought and the famine that his father Abraham went through in the same uh, town in Egypt. And <clears throat> so he was kicked out in drought and in famine, Isaac was. But God had to do this uh, to reveal to him four wells that were already flowing with water that Abraham had dug in the past. He just had to discover them. And so God caused all these circumstances to shift and change, and it looked like it was bad. It looks like, looked like things were going bad, but they were not going bad. They were in a setup. And so Isaac was being kicked out of Egypt. He goes out into the wilderness, and he discovers four wells of water that his father Abraham had dug in the past. And so he clears them out, and he gets them flowing with water. Listen, God is going to unlock generational provision and generational blessings to you who have, who, who've had to endure sudden disruption. Hear me, you've been kicked out or, or, or something suddenly disrupted your life just like it did for Isaac. And God is using that to unlock generational provision and generational blessing to you. Amen? And so Isaac, uh, he seeks the Lord. Now he's got four wells that are flowing with water. He seeks the Lord on what to do next. And God says, I want you to sow your seed in this dry, drought-stricken, cracked soil. I want you to sow the seed in faith anyways. It made no sense to Isaac to do it that way. 
If you think about it, he had to he had servants that did these things for him. And so they're all starving and they're all in in this place of drought and famine as well. And they just dug dug out wells. And Isaac is saying, I want you to sow seed in that soil anyway. So you think about that. So he had to direct these people <clears throat> to obey God. And so he does that and he sows the seed in famine, in drought. And what does God do? It's pre- the Bible calls it precious seed there, by the way. God gives him a supernatural harvest in the first harvest, a hundredfold return. So he got kicked out. He got put out. He got cast out. His life was disrupted, wondering if he was going to make it or not. Does this sound familiar to anybody right now? But God was positioning him for breakthrough. And in a drought, he had four wells of flowing water. And in a famine, he had a hundredfold harvest of food that he could now enjoy in his family and and those that were with him uh, could be blessed by. And it may look like a setback at the moment to some of you, but a sudden and explosive change is happening to bless you financially. I want you to hear that loud and clear. A sudden and explosive change is happening to bless you financially. God wants to start a series of breakthroughs in your life to usher you, usher you into a higher level of living debt-free in his kingdom. Debt-free. All of that happened because Abraham and Isaac heard the word of the Lord. You're hearing the word of the Lord right now. <clears throat> and they obeyed God and they sowed seed even when it didn't make any sense. We're going to come before the Lord right now and sow precious seed, just like Isaac did, just like Abraham did. And God's going to bless you, just like he blessed Abraham, just like he blessed Isaac. And it says about Isaac, the man prospered. And then he continued to prosper until he became greatly prosperous. Think about that. What is going to happen right now is when you apply his principle at the hearing of the word of the Lord, God will speak to you how much to sow. God told him, I want you to sow it all into that drought-stricken, cracked, dry soil. If you'll do that, I'll bless you abundantly. And so I believe God is speaking to some of you how much to sow. The Bible says, that we should give as we purposed in our heart to give. And we purpose to give hilariously, like the Bible says. God loves a hilarious and cheerful giver, right? And we purpose to give what God asks us to give. And let me tell you, God always stretches you. And the seed that you'll pray for is the seed that you remember. And the seed that you remember is the one that you felt when you sowed it. Amen? I can remember one time, uh, multiple times, but I can remember the first time and the second and the third time uh, that God spoke to Pastor Tracy and I to give a seed of $10,000. Now, we didn't have $1,000, but God told me to give $10,000, and I asked Pastor Tracy, 
because that's how I verify what God has said. Because uh, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And God speaks clearly, and we are one, right? And so I said to her, <clears throat> what do you think we should give? And she said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think we're supposed to give $10,000. I don't know where we're going to get it. but <clears throat> And so uh, we did that. We prayed, and we said, God, we're making a covenant vow right now to you. I'm going to give $10,000. We're going to do it. Give us the money, and we'll do it. And so... I'm just telling you, God moved mountains, something that we never expected to happen. Uh, all of a sudden, we had received a check for uh, like $11,500 out of nowhere. And we had, um, I had uh, uh, family members, uh, and the, the short story, that had gone and gotten a alone in my name and it's a long story uh but i'll make it very brief uh and that was settled and the state actually took too much money uh to to give that grant uh to that family member of mine in my name and so they turned around and paid that off and when it was all said and done the state wrote me a check. I had paid all kinds of money to, to pay it off, uh, but I overpaid, and the state sent me a check for what I had overpaid plus interest, which I hadn't overpaid all that much, but it happened over so many years ago <clears throat> that I ended up getting a check back for about $11,500. And so not only was I able to give the $10,000, I was able to give the $1000 tithe for that increase which I'm I'm serious about tithing on all increase and so I gave the 11000 and I still had extra left over to give as an offering on top of it and so God will speak to you but I want to challenge you to obey and do what God says to do give what God says to give it actually works I'm just telling you when you when you do it you'll feel it uh, you'll pray about it, and God will honor it. Amen? And so God will speak to you how much you're supposed to sow. And in obedience to the word of the Lord, God is going to suddenly turn everything around for you. Well, Prophet Marty, I need my relationship healed. Prophet Marty, I need a, a, a breakthrough here. I'm struggling in areas of trust. I have more distrust than I do trust for others, especially in my spouse. I've heard that one multiple times. Prophet, I'm hurting inside because of past abuse that I've gone through. Or I need a breakthrough for, for my property. Or I need a breakthrough for my house. Whatever your need is, whatever you are praying for. Some of you uh, feel you're stuck and there's no escape. Listen, what I'm telling you is this, today that changes. Everything is changing by the anointing. The anointing goes in and causes things that have been stuck to move, to flow. It causes healing. It causes uh, uh, healing inside of us. It causes, uh, you, uh, let me tell you, you, you cannot put a price on this. But that's one of the ways that God challenges us to make a sacrifice that we feel that's what sacrifice means. 
It, it costs us something. And when we make that sacrifice, it moves the hand of God and something happens. Amen. Uh, everything is changing by the word of the Lord right now. And just declare it out loud. This is what I'm asking you for, God. Grace and favor from you for this thing. You've got to say it out loud. This, you have to speak out your request. You have to declare what you're believing God for. Amen. And when you do that, the Lord's going to activate a breakthrough for you today. Whatever he encourages to sow, lay it upon his altar. And I mean, it, you're going to feel it. It's a sacrifice. But lay it upon the altar, and he is going to bless it. And he'll give you that back and increase on top of it 30, 60, 100 fold. And his principle is give, and it shall be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men heap into your bosom. The word bosom in that, in that uh, passage right there means your destiny. I want to pray for you as you give to the Lord now. And, and this gift is on his altar, uh, and it's just the beginning of your sudden breakthrough. Amen? Listen, we're doing this too. I'm believing, Pastor Tracy and I and our family, we're believing our ministry. We're believing for a building breakthrough. And we're going to give generously, and we have been giving generously, as God has directed us to give. Amen? And so we're in this with you. We're not just telling you to do things that we read out of some book somewhere. No, we're talking about something that we walk with God and we've learned through our relationship with him. This is experiential, but it's also Bible, B-I-B-L-E, right in the word of God. Amen. And so we give as he's directed us to give. Amen. So let me pray for you. Father, we are coming to you in agreement in faith right now. And we speak out loud what we're believing you for. Now, just take a minute and say it out loud. God, this is what I'm believing you for. I'm believing you for a breakthrough here. <clears throat> I'm believing you for the building, and the facilities, and the campus that you have uh, for our ministry, Father, so that we can be established in this year. God, I thank you that it's happening now. And I thank you that you're doing it for us now. And I speak it out loud. Amen. And Father, we are obeying you just as Abraham obeyed you, and he stepped out into the unknown with you. Father, we're obeying you just like Isaac obeyed you. And Father, we're bringing our offering, our gift to you right now in obedience to your word, and we trust you for this breakthrough being activated right now. And listen to me, those of you who are giving, you are qualified to receive that breakthrough. I just heard the, lie, the enemy's lie that you're not going to get it. Let me just tell you, you are qualified to receive that breakthrough because Jesus aligned you to receive everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so, Father, as we apply these principles of faith, faith and trust in you, and we're giving to you, at this altar, and we're trusting you and what you have spoken. Father, you said, believe God and be established. There's so many things that seem to be unstable right now, but you said, believe God and be established. Believe your prophets, and so shall we prosper. Father, as we give with this heart of trust in you and obedience to you, Father, I thank you right now 
for a supernatural release of their breakthrough right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. 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 Bless you as you give right now. God wants you to enjoy his best because that's what he has for you, the best. And right now, I break that poverty mentality off the people of God right now. And I believe you're going to have a great November and a wonderful Christmas time because that is the word of the Lord over you. Amen? Amen. Well, there are several ways you can give and sow your seed. Uh, you can text uh, your your gift by texting it to the number 84321. Or there's a little QR code. Uh, you know how to use that now. I've explained it multiple times, but you put your camera over that and click on the link there. Uh, or if you're watching on social media, there's a link that you can click on there. Or if you go to our website at lifepointchurch.cc, uh, you can click on the giving link there. Uh, or you can mail it in. <clears throat> you can mail uh, your offering to LifePoint PO Box one eight two two. Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. And so thank you and bless you as you give tonight. I believe this anointing is breaking things open for you. And I don't know about you, but I want to be completely debt-free because that's what God has for me. And I'm intentionally rhyming, yes. Amen. 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 Well, I want to continue teaching tonight on the prophetic workshop that I began last week called The Power of Prophetic Vision. The Power of Prophetic Vision. And so I shared last week that there is a force that compels the people of God. It's the way God designed you. Uh, And that force is called vision. If you have vision, uh, then you you uh, you can run through a troop, you can leap over a wall. You can scale a mountain. I'm telling you, Caleb, he waited 40 years for the vision that God gave him for his mountain. And when he got there, he said, God, give me that mountain. I want my mountain. And that's the power of vision. It, it fueled him for 40 years. And he was saying, give me the vision, the prophetic vision that you gave me that I've been waiting for and I've been pressing for. I want it now. How many of you have that inside of you? Like, God, I've been believing for this. I've been fighting for this. And I want my vision, right? And so God hears that. It's, it's sometimes you got to get to that boiling point of faith. And that vision will drive you to that place. Amen? And many of you have been fighting the good fight of faith. And you've had to face seemingly greater challenges now, let me remind you, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twelve, the kingdom of God suffers violence, suffers violence, but the violent take it by force or, or forceful men rise up forcefully advancing, take their vision, right? And so you got to take your vision by force. In other words, it doesn't just happen. Faith without works is dead. It's dead faith. And so God wants you to rise up and and do some things. In other words, if you're called, if you get a a prophecy about becoming a 
a, um, an entrepreneur, but you don't know anything about business, it would be good for you to start studying some business books, right? Or God's called you to be a leader and you get prophesied leadership words over you, but you know nothing about leadership. It would be good for you to take some action points of faith and begin to study leadership. You know, I, I've studied leadership. I've studied Patton. I've studied many different leaders and their styles of leadership and how that works and, and why that works. So in other words, it doesn't just happen. You've got to work with God and give God something to work with and work together to bring it to pass. He's a good father and he wants to work with you to bring things to pass, right? Adam had to tend and keep his garden. If he didn't tend and keep his garden, it would just have become overgrown with weeds, with all kinds of wrong things growing. But God wanted him to keep the keep the hedges trimmed. He wanted to keep the, the edges edged. He wants, wanted him to keep the trees pruned and, and uh, learn about uh, uh, all the botanical uh, principles that would cause that garden to stay healthy, right? God wants us to do what is whatever is necessary to forcefully advance the vision of God both personally and corporately. Amen. And so when we do nothing uh, without it impacting others. That's why God puts us in a community of faith so that we can uh, iron can sharpen iron and we can provoke one another to good works and challenge each other uh, to go for the vision. You can do it, you know, and that's the way we need to be talking to each other. You can do it. You're going to make it. If God before you, who can be against you, right? We need to charge each other with the word of God and help each other uh, so that we can obtain the vision personally and corporately. Together we'll do it. Amen. And you know, Jesus said, as you lose your life, you find your life. And so some of you need to understand that God wants you to plug in deeper to church, plug in deeper into the kingdom and begin to work in church and work in the kingdom of God, not for pay, but for payday. In other words, you lose your life to vision, but you find your life. Amen. And I'm not talking about living a life out of balance. Of course, we understand priorities, God first, uh, our our wife and our children uh, next, and then business or ministry. And so we don't get those things out of order. Uh, but God wants us to prioritize the vision of God corporately and personally. And so you got to understand we are well able because God is for us. For us Again, Caleb was 85 years old, and God gave him supernatural strength and ability because of vision <clears throat> so that he could wipe out all the giants that were living on his mountain. And he happened to choose the mountain that had all the giants of the land, the biggest ones of the land, lived right there, the king of the giants. And so that's the one God gave him to look at so that he would desire that. And he would take that mountain. You know, uh, Psalm 37 says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Imagine being in a atmosphere where everybody around you is murmuring and complaining and saying, God isn't doing anything for us. Uh, we're never going to get into the promised land. And you've got to maintain uh, the, the vision that God gave you and the word that God gave you for 40 years. Amen. And he did exactly that, Caleb. 
And so he had to keep the vision alive within him and press through. <clears throat> he was suffering violence, violence, but he had to he had come to the point where now God, enough is enough. We're going to go take it by force. And so God can do it for you no matter how long it has been. You may feel like you can't do anything because you're in your 70s or in your 80s. That's not true. You're just your your pump is just primed and you're ready to go. Amen. That's the power of prophetic vision. Proverbs 29:18 says where there's no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keeps God's laws. Literally translated, it says where there's no prophet's ministry or prophetic anointing, flowing and revelatory ministry, giving vision for the people of God, people will cast off all restraint and wander aimlessly until they perish. Jesus said it would be like the blind leading the blind and they both end up in the ditch. <clears throat> You've got to have vision. And last week I spoke about David and he had a vision uh, to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the kingdom so the presence of God could be there for the whole kingdom to enjoy. Uh, but then he got a greater vision by by losing his life in the vision. Jesus said, if you lose your life, you'll find your life. And so he lost his life, so to speak, in the vision and getting the Ark of the Covenant there and getting the people of God to worship and and experience the presence of God like he knew personally on a daily basis. And so he gets this happening, and then he says, it's, there's a bigger vision here. I've got to build a house for the Lord. If you'll remember Nathan, the prophet, he says, David, do it. You need to do that. But then he says, as he's walking away, the Lord speaks to him and says, Nathan, tell him that's not for him to build. Uh, David was a man of action. And so he was going to make it happen. But God said, in essence, through David, through Nathan the prophet, you want to build God said, You want to build a, me a house? Who do you think you are to build me a house? I'm God. But I'm going to show you my father's heart towards you, my love for you. I will build you a house. And God enlarged David's vision so big that it not only included David in his house, but his his generations, right? And so when you begin to lose your your self to the vision, the vision suddenly starts to grow to encompass generations. Amen. God said, you want to build me a house? I'm going to build you a house that will include your generations. And through vision and destiny, God raised up David's generations all the way through to Jesus Christ who scripture calls the son of David. Isn't that powerful? Vision is so powerful. I call it vision power. Prophets help to activate and open your heart to see a fresh vision. Without a vision, people perish. They wander aimlessly. Without the prophet's ministry, without that prophetic revelatory ministry from heaven, you'll get stuck and, and, and wander aimlessly until you perish. But through the prophet's ministry of activating and opening your heart of vision, you'll begin to see bigger things and, and you'll, you'll engage with God and you'll get active in pursuing God until, <clears throat> until it encompasses you and all your generations. 
And you'll say like Joshua did, as for me and my house and my family and my, my generations, we will serve the Lord. And that's how God infuses you with his power. Amen. Listen, I believe there's a, a powerful delivering and keeping anointing of Jesus Christ that flows through the prophet's ministry that gives vision to the people of God. The mantle of the prophet is part of the mantle of Jesus Christ. We've talked about that before, uh, how Jesus is the great apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So that's his mantle, right? For God so loved the world that he gave a gift, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. But Jesus gave gifts. God gave a gift to the world, Jesus gave gifts to the church. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so Ephesians 4 talks about that mantle. But Jesus Christ is the ultimate. He is the destiny. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's the ultimate. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's Jehovah Jireh, not just our provider, but our source of life and health and wisdom and everything. He's the source. He's the word of God. He's the word that his prophets prophesy. He's the prophet. And so the living, breathing truth will make you free and it'll keep you free because it's Jesus, and you need to grab hold of truth today, amen? You shall know the truth, and the truth that you know and and is alive within you will make you free and keep you free so that you can fulfill your destiny and see the vision that God has started on the inside of you grow from a seed to a full tree, and the Bible says you, you should become, that seed of destiny should grow in you to the point where you become an oak tree that others can make their nest in. Amen? If you want your destiny, you've got to be convinced. You have to make a decision that no matter the odds, no matter the opposition, I'm going all the way. I will see my vision. I will take my mountain. I'll possess my prophetic promises. I'll possess my destiny. I'll live a life that's worth living because I'm a walking, uh, talking son or daughter of God. He walks with me. He talks with me. And uh, together, if God be for us, who can be against us? We cannot be defeated. Amen. And let me just tell you today your promise Your prophetic vision, your promise is bigger than your problems. You cannot be defeated because you're going to continue to fight until you win. Amen? 2 Chronicles 20, 20 says you got to believe God. If you'll believe God, you'll be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Believe in the vision that God speaks to you through his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Some of you have been questioning the Lord and, and, and you're seeking him and wondering what's going on and why you're facing challenges. Let me tell you, God is calling you back to a commitment to his word. The church needs to get back in the word of God and get back to prayer. Those are foundational things in the scripture that God says the, word, the church is supposed to do, it's supposed to keep your eyes focused on his word. 
and, and, and put it in your, in your heart and guard your heart because out of it flow the, uh, the issues of life and speak his word. And so people are wondering, why are all these things crowding in so that I can't have my vision? Are you in the word? Are you speaking his word? Are you watching the words that come out of your mouth? You've got to make a commitment to press on. And the, the prophetic vision and the prophecies that he's spoken over you, yeah, they have to be contended for. You've got to fight for what God says is yours, and you've got to speak like God speaks. And the prophetic anointing and the mantle, it'll keep you, it'll preserve you, and it'll anoint you so that you, even if you start wavering, it'll slip you right back into order. Amen? The book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 12 in verse 13, it says, By the prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by the prophet was he preserved, was Israel preserved. So prophet Moses <clears throat> prophesied the, uh, uh, with the prophet's ministry, let my people go, right, to set the captives free. Deuteronomy 34.10 says that there's not been another prophet like Moses who spoke to the Lord face to face. So some people say Moses was a pastor. He wasn't a pastor. Deuteronomy 34.10 says he was a prophet. And he prophetically wrote the first five books of the Bible. He prophetically wrote uh, the book of Job. His prophetic word was, let my people go. And he brought deliverance to an entire nation and set the captives free. God kept giving him the same prophecy to speak over and over, let my people go, more than 10 times until the word came to pass. Many times we feel like there's no escape from your current conditions. And God sends a prophet with a prophetic word of deliverance. And the word of the prophet brings deliverance. It'll cause you to be free from the past so that you can get to your vision and fulfill the vision do you remember how the prophetic word shook everything loose in your life? Psalm 29 says, uh, the voice of the Lord is powerful. It shakes everything and it breaks the cedars of Lebanon, stripping the forest bare and causing those cedars to skip across the mountainside. It divides the fires of flame, making a way where there seems to be no way. And that speaks of the delivering power of the prophet's ministry and the prophetic word that charges you with vision and causes you to have something inside of you to propel you forward. The deeper flow, I believe, comes when you walk in covenant with the prophet. And it says that Moses prophesied the word of the Lord that delivered them from captivity. And we've seen that many, many, many times. People get delivered by, by hearing the word of the Lord that we've prophesied to them. But the continuation of the blessing of the prophet is that you are preserved by the prophet's ministry. Not only delivering power, but preserving power. You're never going to get to the, to the vision unless you walk rightly with the, with the mantle of Jesus. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And as a prophet, I'm challenging you to walk in covenant with a prophet. Not only delivering power, but preserving power. Preserving you so that you can possess your vision. The goal was the promised land. That was the vision. Ultimately, the promise was fulfilled in their children uh, because they would not let go of their past. God told Joshua, keep the prophetic word or the vision 
in your mouth, keep it in front of your eyes, keep it in your heart, keep it in your thoughts, because it was truth that would make you free. It preserved him, and it gave him the victory, right? And Joshua had a problem to face, but in facing the problem, he had to recognize if he wanted his destiny, he's going to have to fight. If you want to live a life worth living and fulfill your vision, you've got to have the same perspective. I've got to fight. Some of you feel like you, you're just in a battle, going from battle to battle. No, you are being positioned to win. God has, has you in a setup and not a setback. And you're about to possess your promised land. Amen. Have an attitude. I'm never going to back down. I'm never going to back up. I'm never going to quit because God is for us. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. You're the bloodline of Jesus in the earth, the bloodline of the greatest champion that ever lived, the, 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 the greatest champion of all time and eternity. He took on death, hell, and the grave and defeated it all and gave you the victory. Amen. You're of that bloodline. You're a champion. If you want your vision, you've got to start seeing things from God's point of view and start speaking to yourself the word of God and stir up the gift of God that's within you. <clears throat> Pray in the Holy Spirit. Get in the word. Uh, recognize that his promise is bigger than your problem and your vision will come to pass. Amen. Uh, you know, in Numbers chapter 13, uh, in verse 26, it says, They came back to Moses and Aaron the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them, the whole assembly showed them the fruit of the lamb of the land and gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us and it flows with milk and honey. And here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and large and there's giants there. The Amalekites live there, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, uh, the Canaanites, all along the Jordan, and Caleb jumped up and said, "Stop this! Stop talking like this! You're gonna you're gonna disengage the vision. We should go up at once and take the land. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent got to rise up and take it by force. And so it says, Caleb silenced the people. In other words, he said, "Stop with all this negative." old wineskin, wilderness walking, wilderness talking mentality. Quit with the negative talking. Listen, that is something that's going to stop you from possessing your vision every single time. Negative talk. You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to let Him speak to you. You've got to let that get inside of you and start talking the talk. Amen? And you'll start walking the walk naturally. Most of the time, we could avoid so many problems just by gaining victory in our mouth first and in the mouths of our families and our friends. And you will affect everybody around you with the words that you speak. So when somebody starts speaking negative in a spirit of humility, you got to tell them like Caleb did, stop it. Sometimes it's best not to share everything with everybody you know. Not if you want to possess your promise and fulfill your vision. Because everyone goes through the process, and listen, they may not be through the process and the processes that you've already overcome. And so it's best not to share everything sometimes so that you don't have those negative words to deal with, right? You remember when Jesus walked up to the fig tree and, and said, no man eat fruit of you anymore. 
and then uh, they walked back by the next day, and the fig tree was withered up from the roots. And Jesus said, I'm telling you the truth. If you'll have faith and not doubt, you can do what was done to that fig tree easily. you got to say, say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. If you believe it, whatever you ask for, when you say it, it'll come to pass. So Jesus cursed the fig tree, yes, uh, because he would not leave us with an incomplete or an imperfect example. He had to show us the power of, of life and death in the tongue. And so that's what he did in that moment, showed us that with a fig tree. Uh, But the point is, you've got to speak life. Amen. You've got to speak life. That's the purpose of this show. If you want your vision, if you want what God has prophesied, you've got to speak life. The enemy will bring distractions. He'll bring all kinds of things to challenge you. He'll bring in battles for you to to fight. Uh, But all you have to do is continue to stay in the word and speak life. Amen. And when you speak life, you can actually reverse the power of word curses by speaking his words. Amen. You can can break off uh, things that the the enemy has said. You know, uh, Matthew 15, 11, Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him, but what comes out of his mouth. I believe you're going to possess your vision if you'll begin to see things from God's perspective, staying in his word, keeping that in front of you, keeping it in your ears, keeping it in your heart, alive in your heart, thinking about what God said, saying it to yourself. You know, we used to call that muttering. <clears throat> you mutter the word of God to yourself and, 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 and keep that vision stirred up within you and you'll begin to possess the promise. Amen. And I'll I'll wrap everything up with this. Pastor Tracy and I, a few years back, we went to this horse show. We would watch these hunter-jumper horses. And uh, it was amazing to watch these animals, uh, how they would would jump these huge obstacles. And they were warm bloods and thoroughbreds. And, you know, we talked to one of the champion riders uh, to get an understanding of the sport because it was really one of the first times we'd seen it up close. And he said, here's how it works in a nutshell. We compete for the prize money by jumping different hurdles and different obstacles. Does that sound familiar? And if you knock down a hurdle, uh, uh, which is called a fault, uh, the rider cannot let that fault stay in their mind. So I was talking to one of the champions who said this. You cannot let that fault stay in your mind. You have to stay focused on the next jump or the next hurdle, because if they looked back, they would be over. They wouldn't overcome the approaching jump. Are you getting the point? Listen, horses are incredible animals. By the way, Jesus will be riding a white one very soon. <laughs> he may be riding in heaven right now, for all we know. And by the way, you're going to be riding one with him. My dad was a jockey and a horse trainer uh, early in his life, and he worked with championship thoroughbreds. And, you know, when they have people uh, uh, who watch over these horses, uh, they they monitor, like, their bloodline uh, to see where these horses come from. They're papered, and uh, the higher the stock or the higher the bloodline, the greater the value of that horse, 
And so some of these thoroughbreds can cost millions of dollars or more uh, because of the generations and the generations of winners in their history. And uh, to the uneducated observer, like I was, uh, many will just see a corral of the same animal, different colors, uh, different sizes and things. But in the mix, there are those uh, whose bloodline are dest- would destine them to become champions. And they say these champion thoroughbreds, when you get on them, they just focus on the finish line. They focus on the vision. They focus on the prize. And they cannot be distracted by disturbance or turbulence. They call it tunnel vision. In fact, in the race, they simply ignore weakness. And the jockey has to sometimes guard the horse so he doesn't damage his legs. It's incredible focus. You know, every one of us are God's prophetic champion thoroughbreds. And we're not called to just be in this race. We're called to be in the race to win it. And you may not look like you're different from any others in the corral in your life or wherever you've been grazing. Uh, but you're destined to live in victory and fulfill your vision. It's in your DNA. You're destined to overcome. You're destined to obtain the prize. You come from a superior stock, from a, a bloodline of the greatest champion of all time. And you're papered by the word of God to win. Amen. You are a champion. My dad used to talk to me about how he would hold the reins Uh, As he was racing his horse, his horses, he'd hold the reins back and hold the horse back. But when the timing was just right, he would let the reins go and let the horse do what is in its DNA to do, what came naturally, to run with all of his might and win. Let me encourage you today. Your time is coming. November is here. You're going to break free from the pack and begin to run like a champion right into your winner's circle. Are you ready? God's ready. Amen. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray and I bless your people today. I charge them with a fresh anointing. We're letting go of the past. We're letting go of things that are behind and we're stirring up the vision tonight. And Father, even though everything is shifting and changing, You're looking for those who will put aside all the hurting challenges of the moment and just see the prize. Agree with you. Put on the mind of Christ and bring your will to pass in this world. Father, we thank you that you are resetting everything right now. You're resetting everything to bless your people. And you're raising up amazing champion warriors men and women who'll think like you think, who'll speak like you speak, who'll agree with you, Father, and wage a good warfare against the powers of darkness that are trying to steal the lives of so many. And they'll carry that priestly anointing with signs and wonders and miracles. And Father, I just thank you right now for shifting everything into a day of fulfillment of destiny fulfillment of vision, Father, blessing your people in ways that we never even knew we could be blessed. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done, all that you're doing today, and all that you're about to do. Thank you 
for blessing your people in this hour. In the name of Jesus, I bless your champions. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to thank you for standing with us. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for cheering us on. Thank you for every text. Thank you for every instant message. Thank you for every email. Thank you for being a part of Speak Life in, in our wonderful church, Life Point Church. Thank you for all that you do. And, and we are in the end of this transition. And I believe God is about to show off his power like never before. And we're going to see it happen together. Amen. I want to give a shout out to Mike Lindell uh, with MyPillow and my MyStore.com, MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. He is a sponsor of this broadcast, and and uh, he has the greatest coffee. If I can get that set up in the monitor correctly. Let me see if I can get that right. Uh, there we go. Uh, it's called My Coffee. I don't know if you've ever tried it or not, but it is so good. I've got to tell you, it is so good. Uh, it is very... Uh, it's smooth. Uh, there's no acidic aftertaste, and uh, I do enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, I probably have to cut back a little bit, but it's pretty good. Uh, I also enjoy all the other products from MyPillow and MyStore.com, but I want to. I just wanted to kind of feature that a little bit today uh, for some of you who are like me, who are the coffee achievers, and uh, this is great coffee. It's organic. And uh, you're going to love it if you try it. Uh, the pillows, the blankets, the the towels. These towels are so elegant. They're all on sale right now. Uh, everything is on sale for Christmas. Uh, I want to challenge you. Do your Christmas shopping at MyPillow.com or at MyStore.com. Before you go to any of these other secular places, go to this Christian marketplace and let God direct you to be a blessing to others it's a blessing to us and it's a blessing to the to the kingdom of god amen and uh but here's the here's the here's the key use the promo code marty that's my first name m-a-r-t-y if you use the promo code marty that's when all the the discounts kick in and when you do that a portion of what you of what you buy uh, what you spend on your product, a portion of that goes back to supporting Speak Life. So it's a great way to help us out. It's a great way for you to be blessed with great products that are made here in the USA uh, that you can enjoy and, uh, and and be a blessing to Mike Lindell, who's a strong Christian man, uh, standing with the prophets, standing to believe God uh, for breakthrough for our nation. So MyPillow.com or MyStore.com, use the promo code MARTY. Um, if you uh, would like to uh, just call in your order, it's very uh, simple to do that. The number is 800-859-2938. It's 800-859-2938. Tell the operator uh, that you want to use the promo code MARTY and you'll receive that special discount. Amen. And like I said, a generous portion uh, of, of, the, of every purchase goes back to support Speak Life. And so we're very grateful uh, for that, and we ask you to just uh, patronize him and uh, and buy the products that you can there. Amen. I also want to remind you that we are live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time right here in America on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble. And uh, people all over the world watch this broadcast, 
and, and listen to this podcast. And we're so grateful for every single one of them. But I want you to know it's live every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time in America. And uh, it'd be great if you tell others and help uh, help us get the word out so more people can be blessed by this ministry. Amen. If you like podcasts, please check us out <coughs> wherever you get your podcasts. Look for Speak Life with Marty Layton. Take a minute, give us a five-star review. It helps us out and helps get the word a little further out there. And I'm so grateful for every one of you that have already done that and uh, helped us out some uh, with that. Also, please follow me on social media. My handle is at Marty Layton. That's at Marty Layton. You can follow me. You can subscribe or ring the bell or do whatever the platform asks. We're on every platform. Listen, let me encourage you during the week when you're when we're not having a live broadcast. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And so follow me on social media and you'll get every bit of that content during the week to help encourage you and make it through the week. Amen. I want to thank you again for tuning in to Speak Life. My heart is to equip you with the prophetic anointing and teach you how to know the voice of God and flow with the voice of the Lord. Amen. God is always speaking words of life. That's his plan to give you a future and a hope and to speak life to you. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so each week I, I, I seek to equip you and train you and encourage you uh, to hear and know the voice of the Lord and gain the hope uh, that comes from God's perspective. Amen. That's how God sees things. and That's how we're supposed to see things. We're supposed to be just like our Father. Proverbs 18.21 declares, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it, will eat its fruit. I believe God wants you to have hope and to know just how powerful your words are. And and I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to this broadcast today. And I want to encourage you, always remember to speak life. We'll see you all next week. God bless. Amen. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world.